0: Up and welcome everyone to another Okada Shorts, short, short episode of G Wandering. That's right, we're covering G One Climax Thirty Three, night by night, bite by bite, piece by piece, running it all down. And I got to tell you, man, I'm tuning in now. I'm parked up in a park in the middle of nowhere, getting this out when I can. USB microphone provided to me by Sennheiser. Thank you, guys. Uh, And, dude, I am feeling good right now. We've hit night nine. And let me tell you, in the Pick'ems contest, your boy is riding high after having every single one of my combatants win and everybody else taking nothing but donuts. Well, that's not all the way true. Uh, There was a draw. But who cares? It took me massively ahead. So let's run down the matches real quick for you all. Uh, It was from Thursday night, July the 27th from Oda City General Gymnasium. Um, We opened up with match one. It was Shooter, Shota, Umino versus Chase Owens hitting him with that death rider after nine and a half minutes. Um, there's been a lot of discourse online about Chase and if he should be in this tournament and blah-de-blah blah, and all that. I'm kind of bored of the conversation, really. Um, I think the New Japan are going to do what they're going to do because at the end of the day, uh, they're a very loyal company and they... You know, they give things to the guys that do right by them. And by all reports, Chase does a lot of stuff behind the scenes, things like that, trading in the US, things like that. I think the real question is, should somebody like Chase with tenure, and, you know, he said that himself in his own promos when he was talking about the war dogs, like I've been here through all this time and stuff. Is tenure enough to get you into the G1 climax? I personally think it isn't. I I don't think it is. I think it should really... It doesn't have to be all best of the best. Not everybody's going to be a winner. Not everyone's going to be the best. But I think opportunities need to go to those who are hungriest. And there's a few people in this competition and in this tournament that are, are not in that bracket, and I could do without them. So should this be Chase's G1? As it stands... Probably. Has he been horrible? No. I just think there's opportunities to be found. And there's definitely a place in New Japan for those, you know, Road Warriors who come along and they do the tours and they do the multi man tags and they make up the numbers and stuff like that. Do they need to take up a place in the G one? I would say probably not. That's just my own my own feelings on it. Especially when you're talking about a guy like, you know, filthy Tom Lawler sitting at home and stuff. Obviously, filthy Tom costs a plane flight, but so does Chase. So if you're picking between the two, that's all I'm saying. Um, good little match, though. Great fire from Shooter. Uh, loved him seeing the get the job done and loved taking in those two points into my pick Next up was Yoshihashi versus Tai Chi. This was killer, man. These two work so well together. I really enjoyed it. Um, loved seeing Tai Chi pick up another win, not only because he is, again, part of my team, but just, I like to see him doing really well, like, and, you know, I want him to stay alive in this competition, and I would love to see him squeak through into a second place. Willie, I am not all the way sure, but there's still, you know, a few bits and pieces, but I would have to think probably not. When you got Okada and Osprey in the block, and they're both riding pretty high, Probably not, but hey, both could go on losing streaks at the end and Tai Chi's just heating up, so we'll see. But I really enjoyed it. I thought they beat the living fuck out of each other. I thought both guys uh, enjoyed slapping the hell out of each other. And I think as well, from what commentary was saying, there's a bit of a relationship there from when Tai Chi first came over as a black saint and he's from all Japan and, you know, Yoshihashi's coming up in the dojo. So there's a bit of... Uh, you know, sandpaper in that relationship that I like as well. Uh, next up was Kaito Kiyomiya versus Gabe Kidd in a double countout. Does a countout draw still count as one point to each guy? Because, I mean, technically they both kind of lose. But you know what? We've given draws to other people. So I'm, I'm going to let the guys have it. Uh, I love this man. Gabe has been killer in this block. Um, I was asking Curtis who his MVPs were for each block and and he said Gabe for block A and I would be hard pressed to disagree. I would say probably, you know, it's him, it's Suji, it's Kaido, you know, there's really, I mean, Umino, I mean, there's been lots of good people, but he's offering something that none of the others are here. And, Props to shoot, uh, to K- for just taking that fucking headshot direct, destroying the chair. Um, the chairs are getting a bit of a workout over at this. Hanare had punched out that other chair, which looks sick as well uh, on night eight. Uh, but yeah, it was a, it was a good hard fight, and I love seeing that side of KMB, like that murder side of him that he brought out with Okada. Seeing that with him and Gabe is awesome. Are we seeing the beginnings of like an ongoing rivalry that will happen? I don't know, but I love Gabe getting on the mic being like, yo, fuck Noah. (laughs) That was so good. That's, in my eyes, that's babyface shit when it comes to, you know, New Japan versus Noah. So, yeah, really good. Uh, It was that boy Loa, Tonga Loa versus Great Okan. And I was surprised to see Tonga Loa get the win here. I didn't think this was his worst match. I feel like he's picking up a little bit of steam here, warming up a little bit. Um... But there's obviously a story going on here. Great Okaan is on a losing streak, and I think there's something to be said as well for them constantly bringing up, like especially tonight, that it was a year ago. I think it, I think they said, or whatever it was, that the United Empire was formed. Great Okaan, you know, interfered. Will Osprey gets the win over Okaan. And then now we're a year on whatever it is. And it's like, Osprey's right at high, man. They formed the United Empire. He's, you know, he's beaten Kenny Omega. He's got the US title. He just beat uh, Okada clean all that stuff. He doesn't seem to need anybody. He didn't really bring Okada out. It was just him, you know. And here's Okan. He's on the downward spiral. He's been finally defeated in the land of the British. He's... On a losing streak in G1, he's been beaten by Will himself, and it just keeps getting worse. So I wonder, Like even in Will's after-match comments, where he was talking to the crowd, he was like, you know, normally I have Okan or Hanara or Cobb as my second. It's like, you were my second. The people were my second. That's a real babyface thing to do. And I just keep flashing back to after he had been beaten by Osprey, and Okan just looking up at him, and there was this, kind of anger in his eyes that, you know, he dispels, but it's there. I wonder if this is the beginning of a heel turn here for for Okan, whether we're seeing the seeds of like, you only got to do all this because of me, and now I'm on the downswing. Everything's going well for you. You don't appreciate us. The United Empire has never been less united. Maybe you're not needed in it anymore. That's all I'm thinking. That's maybe the way we're heading here. Next up was Hikaleo versus Yoda Suji. Now, when I saw these two in the ring together, Yoda Suji presents so big that I could not believe. Like it looked like Hikaleo had been superimposed to be double the size of a man because I couldn't believe the size difference between them. And man, Suji made Hikaleo look like a fucking monster. Here, he's been picking up steam. Hikaleo's been picking up steam. And and I I said I said to Curtis when we did our preview, this is sink or swim for him. And you know, is he the the best of the young guys in the block? No, but I finally started to maybe see something here where I'm like, okay, there's there's something here. I'm starting to see it. But dude, Suji man, he's the one. eh? oh, hit the mute button. Don't know what I cut off there. But anyway, um, he is the one. He is him. I. And I think he is leading a match there like an absolute veteran and making somebody look way better than he should have any right to have the experience to do. Then you look at like a couple of other guys that have fucking fought Hikaleo, the older, more tenured guys that should be making him look good and they did fuck all for him. So I think there's something really to be said about Suji. And obviously the story they're telling there where he can't hit that spear When he hits that spear and literally cuts some motherfucker in half, it is going to mean the world. So, yeah, really dug this match. It was really cool. Um, Next up was ELP versus Kenta. Um, Didn't hate this one, which is surprising when you deal with a Kenta one, especially with outside brawling and all, but the history between them, the personality of ELP shines through. Some really nice exchanges. That said, I think... um, I think Kenta outshone ELP a little bit in those hard strikes. I don't think ELP was laying them in enough, whereas when you wake up that beast from Kenta, he can still throw a fucking open palm slap like nobody. Uh, enjoyed Like the, the selly from ELP, like the DDT through the table, just standing on his own fucking head, really, but loved that he picked up the win. Now that's a couple of wins there over you know ex-bullet club guys. Are we going to see him go on a bit of a run here? Are there some wins? Is he, is he foiling Osprey? what what's gonna happen with ELP. So big into that. Love that all the brawling happened and the whole match was actually only 19 seconds. So funny. Um next up was Sonata versus Red Narita. Now I might cop some flack for this. I've I've talked plenty of shit about Sonata and what I think about him and and all of those things. Rewind through everything I've ever said about him and you'll hear it. But mate, this match like and I know Narita has a lot of Promise and all of those things. But these two are a fucking charisma void. Like, together, it was like, where is the personality in this match? And yes, you're fighting hard and you're throwing some hits and you're pointed to your ear or whatever you're both doing. But really, who gives a fuck about either of you in this match? That's how I felt. I was like, yo, this should have been on, like, second You know, not first, because then people would have gone home, but, like, second, uh, not semi-main. Like, it was fine, but I need more from my wrestling than just, like, we're hard-hitting each other and doing holds. I I felt like there's really very little to hold on to with either guy, personality-wise. I might be in the minority there. I might not be seeing something that other people are, but this ain't it for me. I did not care at all. Last up was the 8th match. Everybody was talking about it. Okada versus Ospreay. 17 minutes and 21 seconds. Now they were saying, Osprey had said, I don't think I can beat Okada in 20 minutes. To me, I thought this time limit lent itself to Osprey's strengths. Okada's best in the deep water. He's great in those big, long, epic encounters. Like, if you're going to get a win on Okada, you want to knock it out quick and fast. And this match was... Closing sequence from the second it fucking started. It was really good, really hot, really heavy. This is the kind of match that if um, somebody's like, What is New Japan? you could show them this and probably get them interested pretty quick because there's no fucking around. Some great reversals, some good uh, good high spots, and you know, the Oz Cutter to the apron and some great counters. I loved like the ripcord hidden blade into the Stormbreaker. And then into that very serious, like, tie him up, leg around him, pin, locking him in place. I thought that was really cool um, that he wasn't fucking about it. it. wasn't like a cocky pin. He was like, I am beating this man right now. So that's how it's gone down. Osprey's managed to vanquish both of his white whales, Kenny Omega and Osprey, in you know just over a calendar month. And he's calling out Sonata. So can he get through into the finals? Can he win G1 finally? He's still got that red belt on him, which I feel like is a big wrinkle. But maybe he's taking it with him. Who knows? Um, but it it might, at the end of the day, it felt like a very realistic, like this guy is now frontrunner in this competition. So no matter what, it achieved what they wanted to achieve. So yeah, I had a really good time with it. Um, let's run down the fucking, the fucking stats here. Oh, by the way, whole, so whole night with Shores with the exception of that Narita, um, Narita, what's his name? The champion Sonada matched. That's it. People will be pissed off at me for that, but I don't care. I didn't, I didn't care about it. Um, scores, G wandering scores. I currently, Travis on 12, Curtis on 13, Amy on 17, and your boy on 22. That is right, motherfuckers. Now, C and D blocks don't do too well for me because my only other dude is David Fidlay over in C, so I have quieter nights on those nights, but hey, Fidlay just took that loss to Taba, and I think he's going to be pissed about it. So I would be very surprised if he takes another loss in that block. So I'm hoping I've picked the right combination of dudes here to get me all the way through. But with the rules of this current pick-ems, once you get through into the semis, you get a bonus plus two points um, to your win when you get into a, uh, through a semi. Um, you get a bonus plus five points for getting to a final and then a plus 10 for actually winning the G1. So really, even if I'm massively ahead, I need to build up that huge lead. Because if whoever I've picked doesn't win, uh, then I may not win at all. And to be honest, I'm not all the way convinced that any of my guys will win the G1. I kind of went for a spread of guys that I thought would get the most wins, hoping for that strategy. I I figured it would give me four people for more points rather than maybe one person to get the most points. I, I felt like it was spreading my bets. So... We will see, and we'll see what happens. So, I've been your bad, Fred Rafe Houston. I'm doing the intro at the end. See that, Curtis? The, um, <laughs> we're notorious in our show for forgetting to do our intro, like until halfway through the show. I'm doing it at the end of my own show. I've been your bad, Fred Rafe Houston. I'm one half of the International Wrestling Grand Prix, the Kings of Podstyle, the Okada Shorts Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you have had time. Use that hashtag, hashtag G-Wandering, and let us know you're listening. Let us know that I'm not just speaking to the void, using my precious lunch break, not eating food, starving myself, watching this at all hours for no reason. Are you out there, world? Tell me. Tell me if you're there. Anybody. Otherwise, I'll shut this shit down. I swear to Christ. Um. If you have enjoyed this, if you want to hear our sister shows, you can check out Curtis's dope show, Throw a Dice at Throw a Dice Pod. Listen to him vamping everything about war games, Warhammer, Horus Heresy, Marvel, Crisis Protocol, Dungeons and Dragons, all the fun stuff he has there, painting stuff. He enjoys it. He mentioned he's painting up some kind of crew. Um, I have been getting a bit back into it since I met Curtis and things like that. So I've been painting some shit too. Not really sure why I haven't been asked to guest host Throw a Dice Pod sometime and tell you all about it. But I guess, uh, doing so many episodes with your friend, he gets sick of you and doesn't want you to come on his other podcast. So that's really rude. But yeah, here we are. Uh, we, if you have not had enough of my bullshit, you can check me out at Faces Feels Cast at Faces Cast, Faces of Feels Pro Wrestling Podcast, where I interview wrestlers from all around the world. I My last one was with Aaron Hanare, but I've got some really fun stuff coming up, as well as another very special legendary Japanese guest coming in the coming weeks. So make sure that is signed up to now, so it will drop straight into your feed. And If you like our sister shows and you want to hear our sister shows, hot friends head over to count out network at count out network. And you can listen to all the other podcasts over on the network, your dose of death from my boy, Lauren and Mike. Uh, You can hear Ringpost Radio from our dude Ryan, who was on our show to um, review the AEW New Japan Crossover Forbidden Door show. Uh, And you can even subscribe to the Patreon, where Okada Shorts has Drop Your Shorts, our bonus show that we release every time we're not doing G-Wandering every second of our lives. So you can check that out. And that's only $5 a month, as well as all the other extra content that comes from all the other shows. So you know what it is. Rate and subscribe. Listen or die. Keep it right. Keep it tight. And most importantly, keep it what? Short. i A Countout podcast. Hey, have you guys heard of the new show on the Countout Network, the Ichiban Sweetcast? It's the brand new New Japan Pro Wrestling Podcast starring the international wrestling grand Prix. That's me, your good friend Curtis Spears. And me, your bad friend Rafe Hewson. And we're here to talk about Everything, New Japan Pro Wrestling, reacting to everything, getting worked up, getting very happy, sometimes crying. Kind of like like something else we used to do, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. That, that was the old uh, Okada Shorts podcast, right? Ah, that's right. And if you love that show, you're going to love this show because it's exactly the same show. Yeah, we just had to change the name. Yeah, we We did. But you can check it everywhere on a social media handle that we haven't made yet. Yeah, we're really new to this. So what you can do is search on your favorite podcast catcher of choice. Look for the Itchy Bond Sweetcast. Sweetcast, Itchy Bond.